everybody, and welcome in to the Jacob Cox Show on this beautiful Thursday we're having here in the state of Michigan. It is June 18th, so we're moving through almost uh, halfway through the year now into that second half. Um, we've got a great show, as always, for you today. Uh, we've got possible, possible progress in baseball. All right. Uh, the owners have made another proposal to the players. We're going to get into that. How did that happen? Um, that's kind of what I'm going to lead off the show with. We'll get into Kyrie, and Lord only knows what he's truly doing right now. Um, is the bubble holding up the NBA? There are concerns with the bubble. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And then how far is Michigan away truly? Okay, the football team beating Ohio State, winning the Big Ten, playing in the Big Ten championship, and then ultimately playing in the college football playoff and winning a national championship. How far away is that? Are they just a quarterback away? It's what some Michigan fans want to tell themselves. I'm not telling myself that as a Michigan fan, that it's just a quarterback. I'm saying there's a coaching change that needs to be made before Michigan plays in that, maybe not the Big Ten championship, but before they make the college football playoff. And I say that because, because Michigan could make the college football playoff without playing or winning the Big Ten title and even beating Ohio State. Uh, but that's going to be the end of our show. You can see that I've already, I'm already ready for that segment, but we're going to start with baseball. We've got possible progress in baseball. So, uh, uh, the players and owners have a pending agreement right now, a pending agreement that, uh, would allow or disallow really, uh, the players to file a grievance against Major League Baseball. What that means, why does that need to be set? Well, Rob Manfred has the power today. He has the power today to mandate a, a schedule, a season. 48 to 50 games is kind of uh, what he would be allowed to do. And the owners and Rob Manfred aren't doing that solely because the players would just simply file a grievance saying that, okay, you were owed $1 billion, and then the owners would probably have to you know, pay that up or go through that legal stance that they don't want to go through, which is fair enough. But in that pending agreement, um, Rob Manfred met with Tony Clark, Tony Clark pretty much represents the players. He's, you know, the Players Association kind of head, negotiator, whatever. Um, they met. Manfred was all positive. Oh, it went well. It was fantastic. Can we believe him or not? I don't know. Tony Clark, at the time I'm, you know, talking about this, he has not made a statement uh, uh, about anything that was said in that meeting or confirmed that the meeting even happened, but I'm sure it did. Uh, Manfred told the owners or told the press that he told the owners to get this deal done, that he wants baseball, uh, and that the players are willing to negotiate. Manfred also stated that he hopes Tony Clark 
will go tell the players that, hey, let's get this deal done. Let's go to the table with an open mind and deal in good faith, which there hasn't been any good faith negotiations quite yet. Uh, I think that's a fair statement for everybody that is, uh, you know, diving into what's really happening here. Um, so the owners, Major League Baseball, gave another proposal to the players, uh, 60 games with uh, 100% full prorated salaries, which is exactly, exactly what the uh, players wanted. They, the, uh, I take that back. The players want full prorated salaries. That is what they want, but they want more games. But this is, is this a step in the right direction? Because I want to be clear. From the last proposal the owners gave, this is more games and more money. But is it? The last deal the owners gave the players, the deal was worth $1.5 billion. The worth of this deal, $1.5 billion. So is it? Is this a huge step in the right direction? Is this progress? The deal's still worth $1.5 billion. That didn't change. So how much better is this deal than any other? 60 games, full prorated salaries. This isn't a slam dunk uh, proposal that the owners gave. And I don't care if they want to tell themselves it was because it wasn't. So should the players accept this? Should they? It's a legitimate question that you can ask yourself. It's not my job to determine or sit here and argue, oh, should the play? It's not a slam dunk deal for me to get on here and say, yes, the players, you must take this deal. There is no other deal that you're going to get that is better than this. It's not my my job to do that. It's not my uh, right to say, hey, you better take this deal. It's not a slam dunk deal. If this was a slam dunk, 70 games, full prorated sellers, then yeah, I'm going to get on here and say, players, if you don't take this, now it's on you. But I'm not doing that because it's 60 games. It's still $1.5 billion, which was the same deal as, as the last offer. And I didn't like that one very much. Neither did the players. It feels like progress if you pay attention to social media, if you turn on SportsCenter, ESPN, you listen to anybody talk baseball. This feels like progress. But at the end of the day, it really has to be determined, is it true progress? Is this really going to be the deal that gets done or that takes them in a true direction to get a deal done? I am confident... Well, I guess I'm not confident. Let's not be Rob Manfred here, okay? I am more confident than I was on, let's say, Wednesday morning that we were going to have baseball. On Wednesday morning, I was sure, yeah, baseball, it's not a question. This the season, not going to happen. This report came out. I was on the golf course, looked it up. Oh, 60, game, uh, 60, per, 60 games, 100% poor rated sellers? Yeah. Seems legit. Seems like there is a more chance, higher chance of baseball happening now in 2020. Not 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 a guarantee. Not likely. Just a better chance. We're we're sitting 40% for you know me in my head. 
doesn't mean it's going to happen. This, you know, it, the players could, uh, you know, return an offer, which I think they're going to do. Uh, the players are adamant they want more games. And that's kind of the takeaway when you, you when the doors were or the lights kind of went off on on Wednesday night. It was okay. This is progress, but the players want more games. And when they say they want more games, the hundred percent, the full pro-rated salaries has to stay. That part can't go. They can't go. Oh, we're gonna give. Okay, we'll give you sixty-five games with eighty percent, you know, of your salary. Well, that's not gonna fly. The, the the only thing that ch- can change on this deal is the amount of games they play. The full pro-rated salaries has to stay if this deal is going to get done. That's my that's that's why I have a 60% chance that this season doesn't happen. Cuz I think if the if the if the number of games goes up from an owner's perspective, the more games they play, the less money that they should give the players, which t- totally doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, just coming out of my mouth, and that's why I blame the owners on this. You want them to play more games. Okay, pay them more money. Give them 100%. That's the reason they're playing baseball is to make money. Do you want them to play 60 games? Okay, 100%. But the players say, now this is this is the players' negotiation here. They got to come back to the table and be like, hey, you didn't want us to play 72 games to give us 100%. Let's play 68. 68. 100%. Can you do that? Like, it would be very easy. Them all, I guess, go wear a mask. Go all sit in the same room in New York City or wherever MLB headquarters is. New Jersey, maybe. You all go sit in one room from 9 to 5 and you don't leave. Till 5 o'clock, you get a lunch at noon to 1. That's the only time you leave the room. And no one talks to the press. So from 9 to noon, you're negotiating. From 1 to 5, you're negotiating this deal. And it, it this deal would have been done from day 1 if that would have happened. Regardless of it could you know, actually happen. Whatever. But look, they walk in the room. They're all in a room. The players got a head of the guy, you know, head negotiator. The owners have a head negotiator. Okay. 68 games full prorated. No. 65. No. Okay, no deal. You know, it could be, you know, we would have this instantaneously if we're going to have baseball or not. I would like them to all sit in a room and get this done. If I was the players, I'm saying keep the full prorated. You didn't want 72, so don't go back to 72 players. Let's go 68. Can you do that? Owners say no, go 65. Don't go any lower than 65. Don't budge. The players are what make the game. Yeah, the owners pay all the money. The players make the game. Don't get that wrong. The players make the game. And if the owners truly can't pay over 60 games 100%, if they truly can't afford that, hey, let's see it. Open your books. Owners should show the books. If they truly can't pay 100% for 65 games or more, Open the books. Let's see that. Let's see uh, your your income 
from everything from the stadium, the salaries, expenses, show all of it. So the players can then see, okay, they truly only can pay us this much. Let's go, let's get every dollar's worth. That's what should happen, right? Is that like, is that another world talking? Is the, is this idea from another world? Owners open their books and we get to look at, okay, they only want to pay us what they only want to pay hundred percent for 60 game, but that's literally like one fourth of the money that they bring in or that they're going to bring in after the TV deal, the radio, the advertising, everything like that. Open the books, but they don't want to, they're billionaires. They don't want to show how much money they bring in. So the until they do, the players have every right to negotiate. We want more money. The players are taking a hit already. The owners are taking a hit. Everyone's taking a hit. But the game can't happen without the players. They're taking the risk. They deserve their money. That they signed a contract to. The owners, GMs, signed this contract saying, yes, we're going to pay you this much. Every single day you get this much. So the player should get that much upon that deal because that contract is still binding. Okay. That's it. Bottom line. We're going to take a break when we come back. We're going to talk some Kyrie Irving action and what the heck is he doing. Um, If you read the headline, no. It's not the direction I'm going in. Kyrie Irving, breaking news story. Um. Kind of give you a little bit of a glimpse on what that is. We'll discuss next on the Jacob Cox Show. Alrighty, welcome back in. Um, we're moving on to a totally different situation here. Um, moving off of baseball into basketball and I've got two basketball topics. The first one is uh, individually a player, and then the second one we'll jump into the whole bubble in the NBA situation after that break. But what is Kyrie doing? For those of you who don't know, Kyrie has been an advocate of not playing the game of basketball uh, right now, not starting back up, not going to this bubble situation in Orlando, which his team has a chance to win. Um, he doesn't want to play. And I don't know why. All right. So he has talked about the problems happening in our country right now. Racism, uh, Black Lives Matter, that whole uh, extravaganza. He's talked about that. Okay. He has been around that topic and he has voiced his opinion on if we play basketball, those matters go on the back burner. Okay. I understand where, you know, I I get what he's saying. It's a logical assessment. It's a logical assumption. It probably is true. Okay. But here's the thing. Basketball is needed. Not that I know uh, so much about the topic of inner cities. But if there's no basketball on, the kids go outside. People go outside, they do things outside, they go, you know, party. 
If LeBron's playing in Game 7 of the NBA Finals, everyone's glued to their TV and not outside on the streets. Okay. But nevertheless, I don't want to talk about that matter right now. I don't. What I truly want to talk about, truly, is that Kyrie Irving said that the players should form a rival league against the NBA. What? How does that make any sense? What has the NBA done that is so wrong that makes Kyrie uh, all of a sudden hate the league? Nah, screw you guys. I'm going to go start my own league. Sounds like the XFL. I don't understand this. I understand where he was coming from with his comments uh, last week. I talked about them on Monday's show. If you haven't listened, go on Apple Podcast or Spotify to uh, check out that segment. But I did understand where he was coming from with that. I truly did. You know, you look at uh, his comments, reasoning. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Putting these stories on the back burner, basketball becomes the main topic of conversation. Yeah, I get that. 100% I do. But now he wants to form his own players league to rival the NBA. It doesn't make any sense to me. What has the NBA done that is so wrong that he just doesn't want to play in the league anymore? Like, I don't understand. Like, uh, Roger Goodell has had the the mistakes with Colin Kaepernick. Adam Silver hasn't made those mistakes with any NBA players. The NBA never had any issues with a national anthem protest. No one took a knee, but Adam Silver didn't have a problem with any form of protesting or shirts being worn or, you know, whatever. He had no problem with it. This word hip, hip, you, you know, you got to be hip. You got to be woke, right? You got to be woke in, in, in the groove of what's going on in the world. Adam Silver has always been that man. Adam Silver doesn't need to catch up, which is what Roger Goodell is doing right now. Baseball and hockey have never really uh, been involved in that issue, but guess what? They're catching up. They were never in front of it. Adam Silver has always been in front of this. Adam Silver has always addressed the issues head-on from the get-go. He's never had to catch up. He's never had to go back and say, well, yeah, you know, we made a mistake at that time. He's never had to do that on these particular issues, which is all you see right now is Roger Goodell kind of redacting what he said four years ago and trying to fix it now. Adam Silver wasn't that guy. Adam Silver doesn't have to do that because he never made those mistakes. He's always hip. He's woke. He's in the groove. Okay? It's a fact. So why does Kyrie want out? Why does Kyrie want to start his own league to rival the NBA? It doesn't make any sense. Adam Silver has done the most for these professional sports. If I was ranking the commissioners of the four major sports, he's number one. Roger Goodell's terrible. Rob Manfred's terrible. It would go... Uh, Silver, Batman, Goodell, Manfred, and Goodell and Manfred are on, you know, if I could rank them eight and nine, they'd be eight and nine. Silver's won. Silver's done a, a tremendous job as the uh, commissioner of the NBA. So why does he want to leave? The NBA's done nothing wrong. 
Does he want to start a, a, a whole nother league because the NBA wants to put him in a bubble so he can finish his season? You're mad about that? He's lucky. Basketball's lucky that they can go finish their season, play the rest of it, crown a champion. Look at the mess baseball's in right now. Yeah, getting better like we just talked about. Not there. Still not uh, good enough. There's no guarantee we see baseball. Right now, there's a guarantee we get basketball. You just got to go be in a bubble. Now, I'll get to the bubble situation in a minute, but I don't understand. You're mad because of what? They're going to shove you in a bubble to play your season? Yeah, you get to play basketball, which is what you're paid to do. You get a chance to win a championship, which is why you left Cleveland to go to Brooklyn. Uh, for a chance to win a championship. Well, you have that opportunity this year. You're in the postseason. You're in the playoffs. You've got a chance. Go win it. This is what you've been you know, talking about for years, ever since you left Cleveland. Ever since LeBron left. Oh, I want to win a championship. Want another one. This is your opportunity, but now, no. I want to start a whole nother league because for some reason, the NBA is just not good enough for me anymore. I'm better than that. Adam Silver's terrible. Yada, yada, yada. I don't understand what this is. I don't. Someone explain it to me. Why does he want to start his own players league to rival the NBA? I don't. Don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Because the NBA hasn't done anything wrong. Truthfully. Uh, the NBA, like I said, they've been in the in the know. They haven't really had to catch up ever. Roger Goodell's been catching up. Rob Manfred, Gary Bettman, as much as they hadn't faced this type of uh, scrutiny before they're developing, they're learning, they're saying, saying the right things. Goodell's now saying the right things, contradicting what he said four years ago. Adam Silver, from what I remember, hasn't had to do that. He, he never really made these mistakes four years ago, three years ago, two years ago. He's always, not always, but he has been the most hip, the most woke commissioner. And I guess that matters for some reason. Like everyone likes the people in Who's in the groove, hip, woke? I mean, I guess, doesn't matter to me. You're either good at your job or not. You know, that to me, that's bottom line. You're, you suck at your job, you suck at your job. If you're good at your job, you're good at your job. I don't care if you're woke. I don't care if you do this or do that. But being a commissioner, this is a part of your job. And I think Adam Silver's done the best out of the four commissioners. But for Kyrie Irving, eh. It's not good enough. And I don't know why. And it's interesting. It really is interesting. Um, so yeah, that's Kyrie Irving. Like I said, I completely agree with his um, his thoughts on if we play basketball, other things go on the back burner in the news. It becomes the highlights from last night's game instead of, you know, here's this example of police brutality or here's the riots or here's the protest. I get that statement. And it does make sense. Those things can't go on the back burner. But he, 
him wanting to start a rival league against the NBA just doesn't fit anything. It, 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 there's no reason to do this. That's just my thoughts. Um, we're going to take a quick break, um, and we're going to go to the Sports Scores Update Desk, the Jacob Cash Sports Update Desk. Give you a, a quick update on some scores. Welcome to the Jacob Cox Show Sports Scores Update Desk. The RBC Heritage Golf Tournament for the men's starts on Thursday, June 18th and goes to the 21st. It is at Hilton Head Island in South Carolina, par 71. Uh, no big names playing in that one, but hey, it's golf, it's sports. Also, on Saturday, June 20th at 5.30, We've got the Talladega Speedway track. It's the Xfinity Series at Talladega. You can watch that race from Talladega Speedway in Alabama. Also, the Premier League, we had a 0-0 tie uh, between Ashton Villa and Shefford United. And Man City defeated Arsenal 3-0. Also, in La Liga, Barcelona defeated Langace 2-0. Um, and in Bundesliga, we had a great match between uh, Bayern and Bay, uh, Bremen. Uh, that one finished in a Bayern 1-0 victory. Frankfurt defeated Shackle 2-1. And in also just straight-up Liga, uh, Benficia beat Rio Ave 2-1. Not much going on in the sports world. Let's go back to the show. Alrighty, welcome back. That was the first time we did the uh, sports update desk. And man, I don't know soccer. I, I don't. I Maybe I need to familiarize myself with that, but that um, that was bad. That was bad. But it's all right. First time we did it. Um, diving into the NBA still. Staying in that sport. Is the bubble holding back the NBA? Okay. Yes. They said we're going to start our, you know, re-up our season on July 31st. Then it was July 30th. Yeah. We've got a format to play that the owners and the players agreed on. But that doesn't mean that this... That everything's been worked out. Okay. There's still a chance we don't see basketball. And, uh, you know, the particulars haven't been agreed upon. Right? We know there's the bubble. We know that the players have these rules. But they haven't been agreed to. And that's the problem. Okay. And even if, even if they get agreed to tomorrow, there's still going to be a sense of iffiness if if you know what i mean like yeah maybe it's gonna yeah, there's it might not happen like there's still that uh opportunity that's being presented okay i think the bubble is the main thing that is kind of holding this uh nba return back the bubble is a is a tough thing okay uh, family cannot come until after the first round until after the first round, they cannot come, which is tough because that—that's a month. 
Like you play eight games and then you play your entire first round and you win. The entire first round has to be completed. You might sweep your team. But if there's a game going into game seven, no family is welcome. Until that game seven is over. That's tough. That's like a whole month. Okay. Health. Concern. But mainly just uh, going into this bubble without your family. uh, There's a lot of concerns. And you're trapped for months. Okay. From July 30th. Let's say they kick off July 30th. That's our first game. But they've probably already been there for two weeks. So they're there mid-July. They don't leave till mid-October. That's three months where you're in the same circle. That's tough. That is tough. You can't go anywhere. And for people who have been saying, yeah, we're already doing that. So have they. Now, yeah, their house is bigger. They've probably got an indoor facility in their, uh, in their home. But they've been kind of living the same life as you and me. And now they're being asked to go do it again. Essentially, they're being asked to go do it again as everything else is opening up. Hey, we want to isolate you for another three months, another four months. You know, what is that total to? Seven months out of the year, you're trapped. Essentially, you're trapped. So, uh, you know, I get it. And yeah, it's tough. It really is. Because like I said, we've already been doing this for a couple of months and now they're being asked to go do it again. Hey, we want you to, your stay at home order type of thing is going to be in this bubble in Orlando at Disney World and all you're going to be able to do is go to your hotel and to the basketball court. That's it. Family can't come for a whole month. Essentially a whole month. Plus. That's tough. It can't be easy to deal with if you're a player. Can't be easy to agree upon. Now, yes, you want to play the game you love. Yes, you want to go win a championship. There's, you know, no one arguing that. No one's arguing your will, unless you're Kyrie, that you want to go play basketball. But it is a tough thing to agree to. The bubble. It's not easy. You were asking an NHL player, uh, you know, we don't know the particulars on the NHL deal either. We just know Hub City. Are they going to be trapped in that city? Are they going to adopt the same things as the NBA is? Hotel, rank, zit. Maybe you can go to a restaurant that's in this vicinity that nobody else is going into. Like Disney World, the NBA is a lot different than hockey because hockey is going to like a city. Let's say they go to Vegas. There are going to be people at every hotel in Vegas. That's it. There's going to be people at every restaurant in Vegas. The NBA, no one is in Disney World but these teams and but these players. So no, that's, a, that's a different kind of narrative. It's different. Leaves it up for discussion of, is this really what the players in the NBA want to do? It's a tough thing to deal with. Really is. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my God, these they got to agree to this. They, they're going to play basketball. But maybe some things need to be worked out. Well, okay, you can leave the bubble. 
or we're pretty much just taking the bubble off. This is where you play the games. This is where you're staying. Do whatever you want in between. Maybe that needs to be said. Maybe that uh, you know needs to be agreed upon between the owners and the players and you know, uh, you know the commissioner. Maybe that maybe that's the alternative uh, to this happening. Maybe that's what pushes basketball across. Maybe get rid of the bubble. Maybe you could say, okay, you play these games. This is your hotel. It's like a road trip for months. Maybe the players are more open to that scenario. I know I would be. It's just like a regular road trip. It's like a Major League Baseball team taking a road trip. They're in the city for three days, except you're in it for three months. You're in the city for three days, hotel, field, restaurants, whatever. Maybe that works out more for the players. Maybe that's a better idea. The world's opening up anyways. Why can't the NBA players have freedom to go eat and walk around the street? Why? Because it's contact sport. They're choosing to put themselves at risk. Everyone else can go on the street. So can the NBA players. I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting topic and it's an interesting conversation. I think the bubble is the thing holding up the the NBA truly, truly coming back. I think there is some doubt that the NBA doesn't come back, and I kind of expressed it on Monday's show, and I'm expressing it here today. There is some doubt of whether this deal is officially done. Now, yeah, they all agree that we're going to play this eight-game regular season and then go to the playoffs and the 8-9 battle it out for the eight. We're going to have this many games. We're going to be done by October 12th. Yeah, we all agreed to that. But we haven't agreed to the other specifics that clearly matter to the, these players uh, heavily. The bubble, the hotels, everything. I believe last night I saw, I think I saw the report of what hotels each team was kind of designated to. Like four or five are in one, four or five and another, four or five, you know, filling it up. Um, so I saw that, but... Doesn't mean like we want the bubble, right? Bubble, bubble, hotel, game, that's it. Disney World, woo. Let's bump the brakes here, Sally. Should be hotel, game, do whatever you want any other time. I know the NBA is trying to be cautious, but here's the thing. If the player wants to be dumb and go to a bar with 100 other people and he catches Corona, guess what? He can't play. His team's going to hurt and he can't play. If he gives it to his entire team, that team can't play. Bottom line. Maybe those particulars need to be worked out. Okay, you guys want to get rid of the bubble if your whole team gets it weak, you know, and you were supposed to play the next day? You ain't playing, you're loose. Maybe that's what needs to be happening. If the players want these, uh, wants the bubble to go away, maybe this deal needs to be worked out. So you get it and you give it, like, you get it. You can't play for two days. For sh- or, or maybe it's what, 70, 72 hours? Maybe you can't play for three days. And if you go give it to your other teammates, you can't play for three days. That's forfeiting at least one game, maybe two. That's on you because you went out and got it. That's it. Bottom line, we'll be right back. Alrighty, last 
last kind of segment of the day, and it's a big one for me, and it's probably a big one for everybody in the state of Michigan because we're all college football fans. We all either like Michigan or we like Michigan State. And here's the thing. I think Michigan State fans love talking about this topic more than Michigan fans. And I don't know why Michigan fans have a problem talking about this kind of topic on how far Michigan really is away or the 0-5 against Ohio State or never being in a Big Ten title. Like, I don't understand that kind of uh, narrative that's being thrown around. I don't. I don't know why Michigan State fans are more entertained uh, and more... Like, Michigan State fans are more the advocates that rip Harbaugh than Michigan fans rip Harbaugh. Like, I don't understand. Like, why are state fans ripping Harbaugh? I don't understand. Since Harbaugh's been at Michigan, Michigan State has done nothing but fail. 3-9, and 7-6, getting upset left and right. Like, I don't understand. Michigan State fans more, spend more time crying about how Michigan can never win a road game or, or you know, they celebrate that. Well, your team couldn't even win, uh, like, a relevant game a couple of years ago. You went 3-9. and nine. So, whatever. This topic does need to be discussed. It is a relevant topic for Michigan fans, Michigan State fans, Big Ten fans in general. Okay? This topic does, uh, you know, deserve to be talked about. So here's the thing, okay? Let's let's talk, okay? Let's let's get into this a little bit. How far is Michigan away? That's the title of this segment. How far is Michigan away, really? Okay. QB and defense. That's it. Is Michigan just a QB away? No. People who want to say that, okay, you're wrong. They're more than just a quarterback away. Have they had a quarterback uh, that could get them there yet? No. But I want you to remember this. It is not just a quarterback because, again, throw you out some facts. Wilton Spate, as much as he was a terrible quarterback, he was good enough to beat the Buckeyes. But we didn't have a defense. Last year, Shea Patterson wasn't anything great. But at the end of the day, I believe he was good enough to win that game if we had a defense. Not saying Shea Patterson or Wilton Spade or any, even a good quarterback, decent quarterback. No, they're terrible quarterbacks. But at this point in time, a terrible quarterback can beat the Buckeyes. Now, do we need better quarterback play overall at Michigan? Yes. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, that's, you know, not true, totally can't happen. But Michigan is more than just a quarterback. Do we need better quarterback play at Michigan? Yes, but it's more than a quarterback. The defense is at fault. Look at every big game Michigan's lost. Look, please. Blowouts. Blowouts do fall on the offense and fall on the defense. That's that's true. But take a look at the Ohio State game last year. That offense competed. 
for as long as it could before the wind got taken out of their sails because the defense couldn't stop that Ohio State offense if their life depended on it. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I've written an article angered before. You want the blog? Go look at it out. Uh, go check it out. It's um, the you mish blog.wordpress.com. The U-M-I-C-H blog.wordpress.com. The title of the article is Make It or Break It Time for Don Brown. If, you, if you're on the homepage, you got to scroll all the way down. If you hit the menu, it, it should be on the drop down, probably near the bottom. Um, I, I believe it's near the bottom. Um, but yeah, that's my angered article. You can follow that uh, account on Twitter at blog Wolverine. Um, I've wrote that article in anger about Don Brown just being a, a terrible defensive coordinator. Dr. Blitz doesn't work against any relevant offense. Any relevant team. He plays bully ball. He bullies every uh, lesser opponent that Michigan plays. As soon as they play a good one, this Dr. Blitz thing doesn't work. It doesn't. Fact. The scores prove it. You can't give up those numbers and expect to win a game. Whether you have a relevant quarterback under center or not. Whether you have a relevant offense or not. You can't give up uh, 50 plus points year after year to Ohio State and ever expect to win regardless of what the offensive is doing, regardless. You give up 35 points on the road to Wisconsin every single year, yeah, it's going to be a tough time winning. Because it just, you, you're when you go on the road, you can't expect to score 35 points. It's, if you're playing a relevant team, you go on the road to Illinois, yeah, you're probably scoring 35 points. If you're a good enough team, you go on the road to Camp Randall, Ginnick, the shoe, maybe even Spartan Stadium if they ever become a relevant football team again. You go to State College on the road. Don't guarantee you're scoring more than 21 to 28 points. 31. You're probably 31 or less. So your defense has to show up, silence that crowd so your offense can be efficient. Oh, you know, you get to Camp Randall and you're letting that offense just light you up. That crowd's going to be into it when your team gets the ball. And the crowd, yeah, tough to deal with as a quarterback. Not so much as a coach. Don Brown is the problem at Michigan. He really is. He's the coaching change. I told you at the beginning of the show, coaching change needs to be made at Michigan. It ain't Jim Harbaugh. It's not Josh Gaddis. It is Don Brown. I firmly believe that. Maybe Joe Milton's the guy at quarterback. Maybe it's Dylan McCaffrey. Maybe it's a couple years down the road and it's J.J. McCarthy. Don Brown's the problem. He is. You want to bring up the 0-5 against Ohio State? I will tell you this. Paul Christ is 0-5 against the Buckeyes. Don't give me this, but he's been to a couple of Rose Bowls. Because he plays in the Big Ten West. Spare me the... Paul Christ is better than Jim Harbaugh, coach. Uh, spare me that. It's, it's not true. James Franklin got lucky against the Buckeyes once. I don't care. He's not a better coach than Jim Harbaugh. We, Michigan has blown out. Blown out the Nittany Lions. Yeah, cool. The Nittany Lions smoked Michigan once. That's it. 
I, I, next question. Paul Chris is but no. Paul Chris is not better than Jim Harbaugh. Not a better football coach than Jim Harbaugh. Paul Chris is 0-5 against the Buckeyes. He hasn't won a Big Ten title. And he's been to the Rose Bowl by default. Because it's easy to win the Big Ten West. It is very easy to be, well, win the Big Ten West. And when you go to the uh, Big Ten Championship and the winner, Ohio State, goes to the college football playoff, you go to the Rose Bowl by default. That's it. And when Ohio State isn't going to the playoff, they win the Big Ten Championship, they go to the Rose Bowl, and you go to some loser bowl uh, where you play Western Michigan and you lose. Anybody, you know, next next comment, next question. Paul Chris is not a better coach than Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is the second best coach in the Big Ten. Ryan Day hasn't been head coach for all of five minutes, but... Yeah, he's he's a better coach than Jim Harbaugh because in one year he's managed to do everything that no other Big Ten coach has done. Playoff and Big Ten title. Maybe Jim Harbaugh gets there. But now with Don Brown as his defensive coordinator. Don Brown is the problem at Michigan. That's it. Bottom line. Alrighty, well, that was a great show today. That was an amazing show. Um, as always, please do your best to share. Um, you know, uh, to download, subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Share the links on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Do the best you can there. Um, I'm gonna try. My goal is to have each segment's video on YouTube. Um, I took video of each segment that we did today, individually each segment, and I'm going to post them on YouTube. So please like and share those. Um, I don't know why, but I can only post a 15-minute video on YouTube. I can't post. It's not like I can collab the show all together. Maybe that's user error. Maybe there's a way, and I just don't know how. I'm sure there's a way. But, um, yeah, so go check those out. I'll be posting those all over Twitter and Instagram. So if you're not following me already, follow me on Twitter at the Jacob Cox show and me personally at Jacob Cox underscore 24. And you know, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. Um, it was a great Thursday, great June 18th, uh, baseball progress. Hope that deal gets done as we get more updates every moment. What the heck is Kyrie Irving doing? Talked a little bit about that. He's an idiot. Um, I think the bubble is what is holding up the NBA and how far is Michigan away. I know I really didn't answer the question because there is no answer. How far are they really away? We don't know. We just know that the problems at Michigan aren't as big as people think. That's it. Bottom line. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Hope you have a great weekend. I'll see everybody on Monday. Listen to Brass Bonanza on your way out today.